Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war So nurses have received a bad rap from 21 all the way up until today. So many people don't trust the nursing profession anymore. But I am here today with my special guest, uh, Kristen Nagel, who is the co-founder of Canadian Frontline Nurses. Guys, let me tell you something. When I was struggling, struggling with the violation of the principles of ethics that we vowed and took an oath to protect in 2020 from the beginning, right from the beginning, from the two weeks to slow the spread beginning, I was looking around for my other nurses that were stepping up and speaking out because it was such a grave violation of humanity, what has been done. And that's no different from for our neighbors to the north, okay? The Canadians. I found the Canadian frontline nurses in 2020 and was just filled with so much hope and encouragement and inspiration seeing these women out there fighting the, the most corrupt government, I believe, on this planet. Uh, I think, in my opinion, Canada was tied with Australia. Um, you know, we felt that here in America, there was a lot that we should have done and could have done um, differently. But that is nothing like the tyrannical measures that the Canadians faced. And so when I saw this headline, which I'm about to read to you, I cannot tell you the joy that I felt in my whole being, okay? Um, Kristen, who's here with me today, she fought Justin Trudeau and they won. And I feel that we are so similar in, in the fact that we are both nurses fighting our corrupt governments, right? And so here's the headline that I saw come over my feed. The federal's government, the federal government's decision to invoke the Emergencies Act in 2022 was unreasonable, federal court rules. Federal court declares Trudeau's use of Emergencies Act unconstitutional. This just came out on January 23rd. Then to go back a little further, Kristen posted a couple of um, the news articles and there was a nurse, uh, an article for that was published February 18th, 2022. A group involved in the anti-government protest against COVID-19 measures in Ottawa is asking a court to put the brakes on federal use of the Emergencies Act to clamp down on demonstrators. 
In submissions Friday to the federal court, Canadian frontline nurses and member Kristen Nagel seeks an injunction staying the Liberal government's use of the emergencies law and associated measures while their full case plays out in court. And the title said, Nurses Group Asked Court to Halt Federal Use of Emergencies Act to End Ottawa Protest. Guys, this is this is huge. And a nurse did this. Nurses did this. I want you to understand because so oftentimes our, our beloved doctors who stepped out, they get the, the spotlight. And, and that's great. And we support them and we love them and we're appreciative of them coming forward. But like I've been saying for years, the only way that this changes is when the nurses band together and rise up against it. And so today, right now, this is the first time that I am meeting Kristen face to face um, and hearing her voice live. We have spent years just texting each other back and forth and sharing one another's content. And so welcome, Kristen. Congratulations, girl. Thank you. Yes, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And it's just so great to connect with you. Yes, yes. So so tell us of what this means. Um, you know, I know that it sounds good on paper, but um, what exactly does this mean? And then I also want to go back in time and, you know, and talk a little bit about your story. Yeah. So I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't know what this means now moving forward, because yeah. unfortunately, uh, the damage has been done. Right. Um, people, I stood on the front lines those last two days in Ottawa. I watched people brutally beat beside me, um, pepper sprayed in agony, the tear gas um, canisters shot in people's legs, the rubber bullets, like um, truckers ripped from their, their vehicles with window smash. So that damage has been done um, physically and emotionally to people, plus um, the snowball effect that came after that the last two years. Right. It was, you know, we were terrorists. We were, you know, the, the Nazi flags, all that slander and defamation for two years has, um, yeah, caused, caused a lot of damage, um, you know, of what we're trying to do. So yes, here we stand. We already knew it was illegal to invoke. We knew it was wrong. Um, now we're hearing it in the courts exactly two years to the day from when the convoy started, that decision came out. So I found that very interesting. Um, so I, I, am hoping that yes, we, you know, there's that vindication that, that wins amazing to see mainstream media pick it up everywhere. So it's not just in our echo chamber. Everyone can see that, yeah. uh, that, you know, believe that it was necessary, believe that the government needed to do that. Now they can see that it, it wasn't. Uh, and I'm hoping that those that are still facing trials from the convoy, like the, there's four men that have been in prison in Alberta for over 700 days. Wow. Over 700 days. Uh, that a lot of their, their, why they're political prisoners right now rests on this Emergencies Act. I'm hoping that God's playing a role in this and like these men will be sent home to their families, as well as all the other truckers um, and people that had their bank accounts frozen that are still facing charges. A lot of truckers are still facing upcoming trials. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm hoping that this ends all that. Yeah. How we can hopefully, yeah, yeah, move forward. Yeah, I hear your little girl. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Oh, she's 10 months, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think she might have had a little fall or something. So, <laughs> well, that's okay. You know, most of us listening um, are parents. So, we I'm going to say, I'm not ignoring her. Sorry, my husband's with her. She's being taken <laughs> care of. She didn't have a fall, and I'm ignoring her. She's, she's being loved and taken care of. <laughs> you know what? For our listeners out there, talk to them about what was this convoy? Um, what, you know, because many, maybe people haven't heard of what Canada did. Yeah, so it was it was amazing. Um, so we, you know, I can go back into 2020, or we can kind of just yeah, go backwards in statements. Let's do okay. 2020. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, 2020. I think for a lot of us, I, uh, you know, for me, my eyes were were opened. I knew what was happening was wrong. Um, I had spent years kind of unlearning the medical system when my first son was born in 2015. Uh, that was my first entry way into the corruption through food. I realized everything we had been told is a lie. What we need to feed our babies, all of that is uh, misinformation, unfortunately. And and I became very passionate about food, became a holistic nutritionist, went to school for that. And while I was in school, it was like light bulb moments going off. And I just thought this is the most comprehensive learning I have done, uh, even though I'm a nurse we have never learned this. Why don't we know this stuff? And I just remember thinking like, health is so simple. Why aren't we, why don't we know this? Why aren't we healing? Why aren't we really truly helping people? And then it was that, ah, because they don't want us to know. They don't want us to be healthy. Mm. And what were some things that you learned? What were some of the light bulb moments that you learned going through that? just how much nutrition um, plays a role. Uh, you know, I remember going through nursing school and we learned the, the Canadian food guide, similar to the, you know, the American standard. It's just a load of BS. Um, that's not going to keep you healthy. Uh, very minimal education on, on food. And, you know, doctors, I think in their 10 years, get four hours of training. Um, lifestyle ch- Wait, hold um, on. Changes. Let's say that again. Let's say that again. Doctors for nutritional training get about four hours of education, guys. Eight if they're lucky. Eight if they're lucky. Now for nurses, if you have your BSN, your bachelor's degree, we had to take a whole semester in nutrition. So there's a difference. Here you have a a doctor that gets four to eight hours of education on nutrition and nurses get a whole semester. So way different, but go ahead. Yeah. And, and I, I, we did as well, got that full semester, but even looking at that, it's like, well, that's not actually, you know, helpful. It's not nourishing the body what we learned. Uh, so that lifestyle changes, mindset, um, spirituality, faith, you know, being, you know, yourself being a Christian myself, uh, there is none of the faith aspect in a hospital setting. Uh, we're, we're not looked at as, you know, divine beings created masterfully, right? Um, everything is separated and segmented. And, you know, you think about it, there's a specialist for everything, mm-hmm. uh, you know, instead of like our body is whole. Um, so, so a lot of that stuff. And then it was really, when I started learning about food products, our environment, atmosphere, it was like, well, what, and this is, you know, controversial, all these things that we're going to talk about is controversial, but this is what woke me up really was, uh, when I became so passionate about food and speaking out and helping parents um, feed their children, I was like, well, what are they being injected with? We're not really taught that in school. Nope. And, you know, we're given a huge book on uh, pharmaceuticals, toxicology, you know, our nutrition book, and then nothing on yeah. injections. Nothing. We're given, you know, 
Nothing, like nothing, yeah. right? We're all I, I, in the schedule, right? I was just going to say, that's yeah. it, the schedule. This is life-saving, the best medical invention ever made. Children need it to live. Here's the schedule, go at it. And, yeah. and not even, I, you know, so I started thinking about, well, I'm so concerned why, you know, my, my babies are eating. Like, what, what am I putting in their bodies? And I remember going to my son's last appointment, um, my oldest son, and thinking, you know, I'm starting to not feel right about this and asking questions. And I was just guilted that, that guilt. Well, if you don't, like he's going to die. If you don't do this, he's going to get sick and end up, you know, in critical care and die. Like they always throw this at you. And I was like, well, I obviously don't want that to happen. I don't know enough. And what if I do make the wrong mistake or what if I, you know, all that, what ifs and mom guilt. So I continued. And I remember walking out of that appointment thinking never again, will I make a decision based on fear. And that not knowing I'm never going to be guilted into making any decision moving further. And so I dove like deep into uh, learning everything I could. So I left that appointment and I was not going to make any decision based on fear again. Uh, so I started to look at things differently. And because I realized another thing we're not taught in nursing school is really about the diseases that they're getting these shots for right? Like not really in depth, like told the, the names, but what, what are they? How do you, you know, um, acquire them? How, what, what can you do to prevent them? What can you do to treat them? What, you know, what's the worst case scenario? So I started with all of them and I just realized some of them, I was like, these are just childhood illnesses. This used to be yes. just part of the day. This was just common that kids went through and another milestone checked off the list. Other ones were due to poor nutrition, poor sanitation, uh, you know, um, industrialized new world with, you know, poor living conditions and everything else. And I was like, well, these don't even exist anymore. Yeah. So when I actually started from that perspective of going through um, each disease individually, I was like, well, I, I, they don't need protection from this man-made substance full of poison for yeah. these things. Uh, so that was huge. So once I kind of opened up to that, I was like, that's it, nothing. So my second son and now baby have had absolutely zero. This is important moving forward. And I can get faster to the point because when they started talking about all this stuff in 2019 in Wuhan, I knew they wanted to mandate things on adults. I just didn't know how they were going to do it. And then when I started seeing the propaganda come through, I was like, oh, this is how, this is how they're going to get us. Yeah. So I started speaking out, um, like right from the beginning, um, you know, December 2019, moving into 2020, I could see what was happening in, in China. And I was like, oh, it's just a matter of time. We're watching it, watching it. And it's going to come, mm -hmm. come to us. And it came in, in March, um, you know, I think across the, in, you know, through Canada and North America yeah. and the Western worlds. Yeah. And, uh, and you could just see, and I was like, oh, you know exactly what's going to happen. And I remember the, our respiratory therapists on our floor were getting, you know, prepped. They were like, okay, cause I worked in the neonatal intense, um, care unit. So Nikki with babies, and, uh, they were told that they would probably have to go down into the adult ICU when it got busy and they never left because it never got busy. Um, we closed down a whole GYN floor, um, you know, for day surgeries and all these things and, uh, shut it all down. So all those were canceled for overflow, you know, yep. patients, that unit just remained empty, not a single person there, but all those, you know, possible patients that could have been there, um, you know, where, where canceled appointments are not seen or just, or forgotten about. So I was seeing all these things and the rules we were coming up with and what we were doing to these parents. And, uh, one of the biggest things in Canada was our nursing union had fought for us to not wear masks. Oh, they did for years. Yes. For okay. years. 
So we finally won in 2018. Our union proved that masks um, were did not stop transmission and were discriminatory because if we did not get the, the flu shot, yes. we would have to wear masks from um, November till April. Right. So, so they we do thought, that. They do, oh, do that they? here okay. in America. Yeah. Okay. So we won. Okay. And, and, uh, you know, was out there and I was on maternity leave and I was like, this is so exciting. When I come back this time, I, I will not have to, you know, put this thing on my face. And then March, 2020 and everyone right away, just without even um, saying anything, just back on goggles, the hair nets, like the whole garb. And I just thought, do you not remember what we just fought for? What we won? You know, what it, what it proved? And that, well, this is new. This is new. Regardless if it's new or not, I don't even believe it existed or was there in the first place. That's a whole other conversation. But yeah. <laughs> it's still the same size. It's if still if the you same believe in that. Size. It's still the same size. Yes. So it still does not work. It doesn't matter if it's new or anything else. It is the same size that we proved does not stop transmission. So... I eventually, I just kind of um, stuck to myself. I was the only one in my unit, really, that was vocal about this. I was being ostracized. I was being bullied. And um, finally, it was September, September 2020. I had an opportunity to um, take action, not just be, you know, a little keyboard warrior. I spoke at City Hall about the masks on children. That video went viral. I got connected to some people hosted a freedom rally in my hometown, November, 2020. And that's when I first hit the media um, and was put um, under investigation by my college of nurses and definitely suspended from work. And at that point is when I met nurse Aaron, Nicole Saratek and uh, another Canadian nurse, Sarah Shajunian. And we all kind of linked together and formed uh, global front nine nurses at the, the time, went to Washington, DC, uh, spoke on a health and freedom stage uh, which was incredible. Del Big Tree, Kevin um, Wilkins was there, uh, Mickey Willis, like just an incredible event, which happened to be January 6th. And when we flew home, us two Canadians, uh, being so naive to the political situation that was happening down there, I'll be honest, like I had no idea. I just thought, yay, gr a big group of people we get to speak to. Let's get this message out as far as we can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we flew home, we were deemed uh, domestic terrorists. Um, the RCMP equivalent to your FBI showed up at our houses uh, to find out our involvement in the storming and rioting of the Capitol. I still have nursing schools teaching about me about what not to do. Don't do what Kristen Angle did, storm and riot the Capitol. And, uh, and you didn't yeah. ride storm the, the Capitol. I was back at the hotel. I didn't even know what was happening. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. That yes. is so nuts. My yeah. husband called me. He's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Like there's a lot of sirens. I don't really know what's happening. Like he filled me in because it came up all over the, the news everywhere. But uh, so that was the start of it. Um, and then at that moment when we were um, both officially terminated quite publicly, it went made international news. Um, Canadian frontline nurses was formed off of global frontline nurses. And then we just kept going advocating, speaking out, organizing rallies, um, doing whatever we could to bring awareness to what was going on. Yes. And you guys did a remarkable job. I'll tell you, I mean, if we go back to looking at even the January 6th and they talk about it, the insurrectionists, like, I don't even believe that that's what happened. You know, the doors were open for these people and they went in. I couldn't say that if I was there, I wouldn't have done the same thing. You know what I mean? But yeah, Absolutely. our political prisoners are still there. 
There's still oh wow, see you have your own political prisoners still. Oh, it's horrible under this Biden regime. It it is ridiculous. I mean, we have. I just posted a video of a boat with a bunch of migrants, young men, um, storming the beach of um, San Diego and getting out and running through the town. I I mean, people are just coming here. We have millions of people flooding over our borders, you know, um, that are getting in trouble. We have people... that are sleeping in our police stations, like on the floor where you can't even walk in there. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's insanity, Kristen, what's happened. In- insanity continues and continues to happen. You know, um, so when you guys, when you came and you spoke out, I, I don't want to brush over that because that's a pretty big deal. You essentially had the Canadian's version of the FBI show up to your house because you were you were at the the capital that day huh yeah exactly yes yes and then to find out our involvement like we were we were deemed oh and get this okay so because of that because of being deemed a domestic terrorist because of that event so you can see i am somewhere warm right now i am in nicaragua um we came here for the winter and when we cross the border we are not far from the states uh-huh I might just have to feed her while I talk, but we'll see what happens. Um, okay. So we we drove we we drove um, from our, our house in Canada um, to Detroit Airport in Michigan to fly out. It was just a lot cheaper. And as uh, we crossed the border, we got stopped, and didn't know why. They said that you know my parents drove us, all of us, my whole family was in the car. You know, my my kids, husband, and I, like all of us, all our bags. And they said, well, we we can't really see in that SUV, so. We just need you to pull over and let us get a, a, you know, a better look. So they sent us to this room, waiting, waiting, going through the vehicle, um, waiting a long time. Finally, they call me out and to talk to me and ask me a bunch of questions, uh, where I'm going, why, flight numbers, this, that, all these things, uh, and then sent us back in the room, waiting, waiting, waiting a long time, not knowing really what's going on. Finally, they called me back again and they said, so this is what's what's going on maybe you know they're like but your your passport is flagged and so i so uh they're like because of you know this because of you know what what happened um they're you know he warned me he was a very nice man and he's like i you know i can already see you've been through a lot because they did a lot of google searching it sounded like really quickly he's like i can see you've already been through a lot uh he's very kind i was actually teary talking to him and he's like, I, I can't promise you you're going to get someone like me next time. He's like, but this will probably happen again um, until, um, you know, it, it's cleared up. So because of that, I also ended up on the, the U.S. Uh, watch list for, for crossing over from Canada to the States. So that was actually, I didn't realize. I was like, oh, I guess I haven't been back in the States since that event. So, um, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the watch list from uh, because because January 6th. There. And you weren't even at the Capitol. You were in your hotel room. We were at the, we spoke at the Supreme Court and at the time when things started happening, yeah, we were already back in the hotel room at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they were still bothering you. That is, mm-hmm. wow. I mean, people, guys, we're, we're not that far from communism taking over and, and certainly Canadians no different. When, when we come back from the break, I do want to talk to Kristen a little bit more about what 
was actually happening in Canada. Uh, I I know because I followed it and and I was just blown away that these Canadians, these fun loving, I mean, Canadians are like the most fun group of people that you could be around with. They just love people. They want to have a good time. They're joyous and, you know, love freedom or so I thought, you know, um, but, but they, but they were not that much different than what we dealt with in America. I thought, you know, I'm, I was born and raised in Chicago and I thought for sure, Oh, the New Yorkers, the Chicagoans, they're not going to lock down. They're not going to listen to all this. They're going to keep their doors open, but they didn't. And they followed suit just like the rest of them. And they're, and, and you know what, as you're listening to this interview, I want you guys to think like, what is it in you? What is it in you that, you know, that you may have felt called to stand up and speak up, but why didn't you? Why didn't you? You know, I I do believe, well, before this, I really believe that people were genuinely good and that if given the right opportunity, they would do the right thing. But what I realized is people are not that way. People are going to do what is best for them. And you have very, very few of us that have the heart of a lion. And I don't know if Kristen knew she did before. I didn't know that I had it as much as I did either. But I was always the one to stand up to the bully. Even if I would get my butt kicked, I would. there was no way that I would allow somebody to bully someone else. And that's exactly what our media did. That's exactly what your employers did. And it all was at the hands of the government. And, you know, people say to Kristen and I, probably on a daily basis, thank you. You're a hero. You're courageous. And and we look at it like, okay, yeah, we are. But so you can be too. You know, look at how much we have, you know, how whatever our voices were, look at how much of a difference that made in millions of people, literally millions which is really hard to grasp. And, and, you know, I mean, it's easy to stay humble about it because I think, you know, Kristen, she knows what kind of woman she is. I do too. We're not influenced by money and power, but if we were influenced by money and power, we would have, you know, went away, you know, like we, we, you wouldn't be hearing from us anymore. Not like this. You know, but there, there is that those certain people that have the heart of a warrior and that are called according to the purposes of God. And, and I'm just very excited to continue this conversation. So if you need to grab your daughter and feed her, that's just fine by me. Um, I can't tell you guys how many times it has taken for us to get this recording done, but by golly, we are going to finish it. <laughs> And, and we're going to do that right now. But before we do, check out our sponsors at ASEA uh, or at americaoutloud.shop. ASEA is our sponsor for Nurses Out Loud. And we just love the products. You guys hear me talking about the revitalizing redox gel for pain, inflammation, skin issues, muscle aches. 
Um, I, I absolutely love that one. I love the cell signaling supplement, which is a couple of ounces in the morning, couple ounces in the evening. But I'm also uh, been uh, taking their or using their skincare line. You know, I didn't want to talk about that right away because I think it takes about three months or so for uh, changes to actually be seen um, in regards to our skincare and our face. And, you know, I get compliments all the time about my skin glowing and, and my pores shrinking. So ASEA has a lot of awesome products, and that is why they are our Nurses Out Loud sponsor. So check them out, americaoutloud.shop, and we will be right back after the break. It's time in this Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop. That's AmericaOutloud.shop. And use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use CoFixRx because it works. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel and be our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them. From improving immune health, regulating hormone balance, supporting gut health, to soothing the skin, even reducing the appearance of wrinkles, fine lines, and cellulite, and providing targeted support for mind, mood, energy, and even our body's own production of collagen. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in becoming your best self and fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. Well, the year 2024 must be the year of the Patriot, and AmericaOutloud.news will equip you with all the information you need to give new meaning to the words Patriot Act. For our actions always ultimately define our words. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. It's time 
Welcome back, guys. Thank you for joining us on Nurses Out Loud. I have one of the most out loud nurses in the world with me, Kristen Nagel, who is the co-founder of Canadian Frontline Nurses. On the first half of the show, we talked uh, about... 2020, what that was like. And we are continuing that conversation. And also the win, you know, that's that stated that went viral around the whole world that Justin Trudeau um, did not was not constitutional in the Emergency Protection Act. And um, and yeah, so welcome back, Kristen. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say, I was like, I thought your skin was glowing this whole interview talking to you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's it's a great line. They have like a clay mask and, and stuff. And yeah, I, I've, I've loved it. But here, here we go. Okay, so we're we're talking about I want to touch briefly on because the people don't understand the magnitude of this in 2020. When, like you were saying, your whole gynae floor got um, got turned into like uh, the COVID unit, waiting, um, and all of the day surgeries. So day surgeries, guys, are like the diagnostic test, right? That are the you know checking out, scoping the scoping the colon, um, doing biopsies, those types of things to prevent illnesses you know, before, or to recognize them at, before they become a problem. Um, that's the same for you, Kristen, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe so. It's not a floor that I worked on. Uh -huh. um, so I'm not going to speak too much to it, but, but yeah, uh, it was just in interesting to think about how many people would have slipped through and uh, been, been missed. That, well, and that's that's the point I wanted to make. So many people were afraid to go to the hospital and they didn't get their follow up appointments. Their appointments were canceled. So anything that wasn't going to kill you right away, like a heart attack or stroke was being pushed off for months, maybe even years. See, can, can, Canada is a, a socialist system, so it's hard. Well, let's talk about your medical system there anyway. Um, is it one that's easy? Because I know that there's a lot of Canadians that come here for medical care. Yeah, the it is uh, like atrocious right now. And just the wait times to get in. Um, I heard a story of someone waiting 30-something hours in the ER and ended up um, uh, dying uh, for waiting too long. They weren't seen. It is... It is uh, the wait time, how long to get tests, uh, just it's awful. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's a really bad system, but I actually worked for a year in Arizona, and I didn't think that system was great either. I don't know what the solution is, but uh, Canada is, uh, the healthcare is, is just awful. It's not a place you want to be and at all. And working in the neonatal intensive care unit, seeing what was happening to births, uh, I've also become very passionate in the last, um, you know, couple of years of trying to encourage women to learn about physiological undisturbed birth and to birth at home and stay as far away from the hospitals as possible. Just not where you want to be unless it's an emergency. Great place for acute emergency care. Everything else just... Oh. I agree it. with you on that. Let's talk about that because I think that's very important. Um, but I'm a big proponent. People ask me, oh, what hospital should I go to? I say, have you thought about uh, having a home birth? Because I've interviewed um, several different midwives and I have uh, friends that are midwives now and I would not have a baby in the hospital. But, uh, talk to me about that. No. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. It's awful. Uh, and I, and this is coming from someone who used to fear birth, you know, working in the NICU, you see the worst of the worst. Uh, you see the, the cases of some, you know, um, midwives or home births, you know, where a baby needed extra support and you think, oh, see, that's why, like, this is so dangerous. Uh, at least that is what I thought. And I, and I thought home births at one point should be illegal. Uh, I got in fights with friends that that's what they wanted to do. And I was like, no, we don't understand the things that could go wrong. Wow. Uh, and so it was the last thing for me to unlearn. We, I'd mentioned, you know, food. I mentioned, you know, shots. And then finally the veil was lifted on birth. And when I realized going to the birth, when I would go to admit, uh, be on admissions, I would be called to the high risk uh, labors, wait in the room for baby to be born, if baby needed extra support. And I realized we were causing the harm. We were causing the harm. We were causing these poor outcomes and then saving and intervening and then being glorified as, well, thank goodness you're in the hospital. Otherwise, all these things could have happened if you weren't. But no, the hospital caused them in the first place. So uh, induction rates are out of control. Uh, I, I don't know offhand the actual percentage, so I'm not going to try and, and pretend. I know it's incredibly so high. about the um, to inducing labor, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Pitocin, um, synthetically inducing labor, labor um, for a lot of times just, just because overdue dates is huge. You know, oh, you're at 40 weeks. We got to get baby out. Uh, it Convenience. Just, what's that? Convenience. Convenience. Absolutely. Uh, just in so, so many silly things. I just heard from a woman who had a, a C-section and unfortunately is having complications post this uh, is C-section and, but she went in for reasons that were not necessary. So a lot of other things, the nuchal cord, the nuchal cord, um, cord wrapped around the baby's neck is a scapegoat the hospital uses uh, because they, they don't know what might've happened to this birth or they don't, they, you know, they say, Oh, there's a, a cord wrapped around the baby's neck. We need to have a C-section. Oh, the cord was wrapped around the neck. So now we need, this is why this outcome happened. The thing is, with that is, it is very false. Babies are not breathing through their trachea. There is no strangulation happening. There's no airway exchange. There's no CO2 exchange, right? There is a, um, the exchange is happening through the umbilical cord. That is where they're getting their life. That is where they're getting, you know, uh, blood circulation and everything else. Until um, then, they are full. Their lungs are full of fluid. And their alveoli that is, that's what they are you know sucking in and um circling circling through lungs so this whole idea of the nuchal cord is just uh is a false belief that creates fear and worry but without giving the actual information behind that if you watch videos of an undisturbed physiological birth and baby comes out with the cord wrapped around its neck multiple times calmly it's just looped 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 like you watch the mom just like just so gently you know get that cord out the beautiful thing with uh babies and birth and i go on many tangents i'm sorry when no, i got to talk about certain things is uh babies are so smart they're in there they know what they're going to do they know what they need to do and some cords are different all cords are different lengths shorter thicker um skinnier longer and some babies think well, i gotta wrap myself up in this so there's not a prolapse. It's a protective mechanism that babies do. And so it's to protect coming out. Uh, but there's the, the nuchal cord is not a fear, is not an issue. It's no reason 
for a C-section. There's no reason at all to fear nuchal cords. And on that note, I'm going to talk about babies while continuing to um, feed my own baby. I'm going to grab her real quick. Okay. Okay. That's all she wanted. That's all she wanted. That's all she wanted. (laughs) I'm happy to see that you are breastfeeding. Why don't we talk about that? Yes, I did a a, a post that got some attention. I, th- I think uh, one of um, our Pierre Polyev, he's the conservative conservative leader trying to run for prime minister, take Trudeau's spot, and he mentioned how formula is so expensive that people can't afford formula right now. And I thought, well, I made a comment that well, breast milk is is free. Uh, how about we look at other resources to help women have you know a better breastfeeding experience? Uh, donor milk, make that more available and just more education or, and help a postpartum to help facilitate this um, nourishing need. Yes. And uh, so I, I got a lot of traction on, on that post. Uh, some people were, you know, absolutely in agreement, and some people, you know, the, the fed is best comments came out and they were not happy with me. And that's just that the fed, the fed is best is just not a true statement. And the, the true statement is that is best. It just means that however baby needs to get fed is best for baby. Then, oh, you know, word. it's just if they need formula, if they need a bottle, if they need this, then that is what is best for baby. And that's just false. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, words are important and we need to be careful with how we say things. And the truth is that breast is what is normal. Um, you know, I had a friend, I, I said, you know, well, breast is best. And she's like, I'd go a little step further and say, it's just what is normal is, is breastfeeding is what should be, you know, your first, uh, go to after that, if there's, um, struggles usually because you've had interventions in the hospital that do not facilitate, um, easy breastfeeding, um, afterwards, like what, like what? the epidural, uh, lack of skin to skin, uh, the induction itself, um, interfering with, uh, the hormones, the catecholamine surge that happens, all these natural hormone, uh, that are like, you know, this beautiful music orchestra that are interfered with that mom is not getting to create that bond, create that, you know, experience that baby's not ready. Baby's missing out on hormones as well. Uh, so you're missing out on that beautiful connection. Uh, post uh, birth. Wow, I didn't even think about that. So, yes. so inducing it because of the synthetic pitocin and not the natural pitocin that's released, um, that they're not ready to come out yet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the skin to skin. Yeah, let's talk about that because the baby's just taken away from the mom unless the yes. mom asks for the baby uh, right after. You know, that has to be in your pregnancy plan though. Right. And you have to be like, put it on paper and give it to the nurses so that they, <clears throat> they follow it. Yes. Well, even something as simple as, um, the hat, a lot of people don't know this about putting a hat on a baby, um, post-birth that should never happen either. So again, the physiological, uh, you know, responses that are happening, in the, the body right before baby is born, mom's chest warms up like all of a sudden mom gets she loves to have her fingers in her my mouth when um she's feeding 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mom's, yeah, mom's chest heats up so hot right before a baby is born because it, it gets ready to be a natural incubator. So all of a sudden, mom just all of a sudden, you know, oh, I need like this gout, like my shirt off or whatever it is. Like I'm so hot right before baby's born because chest is heating up to provide that warmth right after for baby. So the, the God has created all these mechanisms that we don't need to mess with, but that the hat, which, well, before I get to the hat, what is interesting, then baby's born. And when mom has had time to recollect herself, it's called the hot minute, quiet, just time to look at baby, think about what just happened, pause. And then when she's able to take baby, bring her to her chest, she smells baby's head for the first time. That sends a signal to the amygdala, to the pituitary gland, to the hormones that releases the most, the largest flood of hormones that mom will ever experience in her entire life and imprints basically on baby where mom will always be able to remember that smell for the rest of her life and remember that that baby is is hers and it, it that it because it sends this flood of oxytocin and estrogen and all these things that's needed all of this is going to be trouble um <laughs> it also prevents uh postpartum hemorrhage uh -huh. and, and, and it's a protective mechanism as well. It gets baby ready for breastfeeding, all these things, right? So you put the hat on and all of a sudden now, what is mom smelling? Um, hospital, that synthetic uh, material. Yep. And the brain gets confused, doesn't recognize it and does not send that flood of um, hormones that are needed. And you see a lot of, um, you know, postpartum hemorrhages can happen in the hospital. You're not getting that protective mechanism um, from the brain and you're not getting that, that very strong bonding that happens um, right away. And then that facilitates with breastfeeding. So even as simple as, as the hat, these things wow. that interfere, it's not needed. Mm -hmm. That's just so crazy. Well, she is adorable. <laughs> so fun. I loved breastfeeding. I, mm -hmm. I it was just, you know, it's just the coolest experience. <laughs> I was able to do it with all three of my children. And um, yeah, so I'm glad to see you doing that. But okay, mm -hmm. let's close out the show and talk about something positive. What what made you come to go to Nicaragua? And, and what is it like there? Yeah, I know. Sorry, this is what happens when you go on different topics. There's so many things to rant about. It's like, I don't, I don't think this whole like um, section on birth was uh, part of it, the conversation, but here we are. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't mind because I love you so much. I think we need to have you on as a guest uh, co-host uh, more frequently to get your opinion on things. Absolutely. Yeah, I kind of, I, I tease, I call myself like um, when we were the fringe and, you know, the convoy, I didn't even answer your question about that. Uh, you know, I call myself the fringe of the fringe. Like I, you know, I am definitely the, the fringe nurse. Like I have unlearned everything from nursing school. I, there's actually nothing that I believe in from, from that. But again, that's a much longer conversation. Um, so why am I in Nicaragua? Well, you asked about the convoy before, and I will try not to go on too big of a rant. Um, the convoy was intense. And the convoy was started because the truckers were mandated to get the shot to cross the border into the States. And a lot of them weren't able to do their job. If they had to, if they couldn't cross the border, uh, they wouldn't be able to do um, their job anymore. So they got together, they stood up and they said, enough is enough. Like we have to put an end to this. And they drove all across west to east and met in the center at the capital of our country and said, no more. Like this has to end. And 
it was the most beautiful thing we'd ever seen because it fully united our entire country because the trucks were a statement. It was, I, I got so emotional thinking about this because I thought of, um, actually, I spoke about this on stage one, one of the days. I thought of Jesus and I thought, you know, he didn't go to for the elite. He didn't go for the higher ups. He went for the everyday people, you know, like the, the sinners, the people in need, the, the beggars, the, um, the leopards, whoever needed him. That's who he went for. You know, you look at his apostles, who he was raising up. And I think the we looked at the doctors, we looked at the, you know, the professors, we looked at the scientists, all these um, people speaking out, but who made the difference in our country? The truckers, the everyday working class family people that just wanted um, a better future for the, their children that wanted to just do their job and live their life without any interference. And I just thought, it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And it brought our entire country and the world together. It just came this beacon of hope because it was, it wasn't someone with credentials. It wasn't someone with a big following. It was everyday working class people. And you made a comment before one of the breaks about why weren't you were, you know, speaking out, were you worried, you know, maybe you didn't have this knowledge or this background, or, you know, you didn't think you would make a difference. Well, everyone can, because, those single truck, every truck that showed up and every Canadian that showed up on the overpasses that showed up across the country, wherever they were, they made a massive difference. Didn't matter what title they had behind their name. They were just people speaking out, standing up and doing what was right. And it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever experienced. It was the most extreme emotions I'd ever felt of this love. Like God's hand was all over it. I've never felt such community, this connection. And then I've never felt so dark um, and the evil that came afterwards in those final days. So it's been a long journey. I know for you as well. Yeah. I still have upcoming court battles. Um, you do. Two more. Yeah, I have three more trials uh, coming up. Um, uh, one starts on Tuesday. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and uh, it's just what's been a lot. What, what's it for? Uh, that is for uh, speaking and organizing a rally in London, Ontario, my hometown in November, 2020. So this is still going back to November, 2020. Yeah. Crazy. We tried to do 11 B charter challenge, which is your right to a timely, uh, trial and we were denied. So here we are four years later, three and a half. Yeah. Uh, so I just, uh, I, I wanted to reset. I wanted to experience something else. I wanted, uh, just, to get away from the winter, the cold, the gloominess. I don't know where it's like where a lot of listeners are. Uh, my hometown is so gloomy. Last winter was the darkest it had been in 70 years. The lines in the sky, the fake coverage, you know, of um, fake clouds, this everything happening, the constant media, whether I don't even listen to the news or anything, but it just comes like even when you're not expecting it, you hear things on whether it's the radio or speakers or wherever might be um, flags on people's houses, just the conversation, it's constantly there. And I was even trying to remove myself from that for a while. And uh, I didn't realize how much I was still being affected by it until we came here. And there's no flags. No one's talking about this stuff here. Yes. There's no, um, the skies are blue. Like there's like, I was like, oh my gosh, boys, that's a real cloud. That's what a real cloud looks like. Yep. And bluest, bluest skies, always just clear. The sun, I stopped wearing sunglasses in 2020. Uh, 
for you know what it what it does to your um, pineal gland and it, you know it interferes with uh, your vitamin D it makes you sunburn anyways but here I didn't realize I haven't seen real sun in so long that I was like oh my gosh my eyes can't handle this so I've actually gone back to wearing sunglasses so it's just no it's just been um, really nice to to get away and just um, heal from all of that. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I have Reset. to say, I understand, you know, I just uh, went with Benjamin on the 30 day backpacking trip and the food. Oh my gosh. We went to five different countries, Colombia, Spain, Italy, uh, Greece, and uh, England. And let me tell you, like the food <laughs> is so much different than what we got in America. It's real well, food, real food. Real food. I didn't hear anything about all this transgender BS. Yes. Yes. I see none of that. Marketing for vaccines or or yes. any medications. Oh, it was so nice, girl. I'm so happy you're able to do that. It's it, huge, right? Like, isn't that such like you don't realize how much like your subconscious is still being attacked by it all? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, mm -hmm. what what other lawsuits? You said you have three. Oh my yes, God. um, they're all for um, speaking at protests they're all over the last few years. Protest. Do you feel like you're going to win them? Oh gosh, no, no, no. But I'm just hoping for an okay sentence. Um, we'll see. You know, I'm still waiting to hear back from our appeal. I got fined twelve thousand dollars and five hundred, twelve thousand five hundred for attending church on Easter Sunday in um, 2021. So we appealed that. I haven't heard that decision yet, but. Uh, yeah, so there's still still stuff going on. So I'm here because it makes it more bearable. Yes. <laughs> Do you have like a gift thing? I did have one set up, but I guess it was inactive for a bit. So it kind of shut down. Um, I think depending on what this outcome is the next couple of days, I'll okay. probably get it uh, reactivated again. Okay. Well, if people want to get in touch with you, how did they get in touch with you? Uh, find me on Instagram at Kristen underscore Nagel uh, or through my website, kristennagel.ca. Uh, yeah. Those are probably the two best ways right now. And I have a couple minutes left. Tell them about your Warrior Mamas group that I'm part of. Yes. So I created Warrior Mamas because I realized, you know, we are all warriors standing up um, for our children, especially now. It's so important more than ever. Uh, we are here to raise strong, healthy and free children. So I created this community to help women feel supported, lifted up um, as they walk the road less traveled so you're not alone. And I, one of the biggest questions I get asked all the time is, well, how do you stand up to the bullying? How do you stand up to uh, the peer pressure? And I wanted to help people stand steadfast in their convictions. I'm just making sure she's like walking backwards towards the pool. So I'm just like... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Trying to finish this up. So I created that to help people stand steadfast in their convictions so they never feel like they're being bullied or peer pressured uh -huh. again. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, thank yes. you so much for your time, Mama. We will definitely have you back on. And, um, and I appreciate all that you do. And God bless your husband. I see her. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just popped up. Yes. So there. God bless your husband for being a strong man. And yes. um, because I know that you really. couldn't do this without. Oh, he's here now. Okay. Oh, he now is. I can feel less worried. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Well, tell him I said, God bless him. And thank him for being a strong man as well, because we need more of that. Absolutely. Thank All you. Right. So good to connect with you, Jody. Thanks for putting up with trying to get connections, trying to make this work and my kids and baby and 
<laughs> we got through it. Yes, there, yeah. there, that's that's warrior mamas for you. You got to do what you have to do. Yes. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly. We don't stress. I was actually yes. laughing about how how much of how hard this was to get done, but yeah. we got it done. And I'm sure listeners will really uh, it'll resonate with them. So thank you guys and thank you all for listening. Make sure that you are tuning in to Nurses Out Loud five days a week. We are live on air at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on iHeartRadio, on our world-class media player. All of our shows go to podcasts on pretty much every podcast. Thank you so much for making us consistently in the top 1% to 5% of podcasts around the world. This is amazing. This is out of more than 3 million podcasts out there. So we appreciate you. Uh, send us your questions, nurses at americaoutloud.news and, or uh, .com, sorry. And until next time, friends, be safe, be well, and God bless. It's time